Hello, everyone, and thank you for coming to the Dad's Beards Nerds Prime Podcast, episode 26, the podcast where one of us can grow a beard and the other, not so much. My name is Anthony. And I'm George. And today we are joined by the awesome and wonderful Dagan Moriarty, co-host of CLS, Knockback, Animator, Emmy winner, and just an all-around fucking awesome person. Dagan, it's so fucking awesome to have you. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Just really stoked. I'm fangirling a little bit because uh, <laughs> I just I, I love the shit that, that you and your brother Colin do, and, and I just, I'm, I'm just a big fan, so I'm, I'm this is... Uh, this is this is something that uh, you're kind of one of the people that's on my like my like top fifteen list for people I wanted to get on the podcast over the, its lifespan. So, oh, thanks so much for saying that. I appreciate it. I hope I don't let you guys down. I got no perform. way. No I way. You're gonna, great. You're gonna <laughs> great. We got that East Coast flair. Yeah, where are you guys at? Where what part of Cali are you guys in? George oh, I, is in Fresno. Yeah, I'm in Fresno, okay. it's the armpit of California. Well, nice. hold on. Bakersfield is the armpit. Corcoran is just above that, and then Fresno is just above that. Um, <laughs> but no, Fresno is, uh, is just god-awful hot. It's the Central Valley. That's where I was living before uh, we had moved. I live in Sonora, California, so I'm more near Sacramento. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it, was, it, it was 95 here today. Oh, man. Yeah, you don't get those those nice, cool coastal breezes like uh, like Colin gets in Santa Monica. So Yeah, everything just pretty much comes here to die. <laughs> that's fresno's slogan welcome to fresno you're probably here to die yeah we have a lot of retirement homes and you're probably here to die no but... oh, that's fucking awesome you're probably welcome to fresno uh so you're probably getting you're dying soon <laughs> chances are wow it's that hot in april Ugh. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it Ooh. is it is hot so so for reference, where I'm living now, like max heat during like like peak summer would probably be like 102, maybe 103, just because we're higher up north than them, and we're in the mountains as well. So we've got okay. this nice like uh, that nice mountain air, and it's not as hot, and you don't have as much junk in the air, kind of blocking and or keeping the sun in. And then in Fresno, uh, <laughs> you'll get 110 plus days for like two three weeks, and when it's finally 100 degrees, you're like. Oh man, it feels great today. Only a hundred. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And wow. It, it, and it, meanwhile, it's also so so smoggy. You can't really, you know, do anything outside. So mm. yeah, Oof. it's fantastic. I never so, knew. That. Now, are you guys from? You guys from out there originally? Yes, born and raised. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm actually from. Well, yeah, California. But I, I was where I'm at living currently is about uh, like an hour and a half from where I was. I was raised in Mariposa. So I'm. The mountains always call my name. So. I'm a, I'm a, I just love living up here. It's nice and cool, and you can kind of just do whatever the fuck you want. That's cool. That's really cool. Plus, there's lots of windy roads, and I love windy roads. Nice. You're a driver. Okay, you like driving. Yeah, yeah driving's right. fun. My, my wife hates it when I drive, but Ex I love it. Except for when it, <laughs> except for when there's snow on the road. Oh my god. Yeah. Fuck snow. <laughs> Man. I had to bring the that big, up. The biggest hit that day didn't go to the car. It went to my ego. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so let's jump into some housekeeping real fast and we'll get that out of the way and then we'll we'll jump into the meat of the podcast so if you enjoy the podcast please check out our daily news posted monday through friday and an occasional review posted on saturdays if you'd like to support the podcast and the listening please check out our anchor page at anchor.fm slash dadsbeardsnerds where you can donate to us via the support this podcast button and sign up for a monthly donation of 99 cents 4.99 or 9.99 per month remember you can cancel at any time Find us on Twitter at Dad's Beards Nerds, Instagram at Dad's Beards Nerds Podcast. And if you'd like to be part of our ever-growing Discord community, you can find that link in our Twitter bio. Next up, find us also at twitch.tv slash Dad's Beards Nerds, where we hit affiliate and just abandon the channel. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we have plans. Day. We have plans. Yeah, okay. we, we got plans. I think uh, the the real plan is for our first like affiliate stream to kind of try to do like do it kind of big. So he's gonna um, come we'll sit to he's gonna come sit on my lap. <laughs> and just rip rip shirts off our bodies. <laughs> um, next up, find George on Twitter at ghioko. That's G H I O C O. And you can find me, Anthony, on Twitter and Instagram at dadbodplays. I'm not going to spell it because it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, next up, George, you want to explain the DBN Game of the Month giveaway and, and our first winner? Uh, yeah, no problem. So each month, going um, starting last month, was our first uh, giveaway. Um, we're highlighting a amazing indie game that Anthony and I both 
love um this month we well let me actually let me get to our winner for this month we gave away the game in our discord which if you want to get a, get in on these giveaways come on by um I, I believe it's nick right nick's nick zov is how, how you say his name Anthony? uh yeah i think it's a Nichzov, niche but zov I, I, I don't i don't know niche's actual name but he is a he's a twitch streamer so you can actually find him at twitch.tv slash n-i-c-h-z-o-v as well but he uh yeah, he's he's pretty fun. Cool. But Sorry, yeah, yeah, he was he was the lucky winner of Dead Sales this month. So yeah, if you want to get on this action and you know we're we're all about supporting the indie game community here, come on by the Discord and you'll have a chance to win next month's drawing of the a copy of Risk of Rain two on Steam. So come on by. The drawing will be Yay. held May twenty fourth. Yay! Congratulations to Niche Zob. You won Dead Sales, one of the greatest games probably made within the last like five to ten years. So easily i love it not not to mention like i always say when this game gets mentioned made by one of the nicest best teams i've ever met uh when it comes to developers so yeah motion twin and they were just awesome guys so definitely happy to support them and give away a copy of the game so really happy to give away risk of rain 2 by hopo games uh for for next month's giveaway that's another solid game george you and your brother have been putting in uh ungodly amounts of time within that game Yes. Uh, one day I will join you once I no longer am gaming on a potato. Yeah, we got to upgrade you to at least a carrot. <laughs> so. Okay, so with all that done, congratulations to Niche. Uh, Risk of Rain 2 for our next indie game. Uh, let's jump into, you know, what, what are we playing? Uh, Dagan, we're going to start off with you. Dagan, what are you playing right now? You know what I'm playing? I'm playing Cuphead. Uh, Ooh, I, I, I've okay. seen you tweeting about this, and I, I absolutely uh, love it. It's so good. You know, I'm not, I have to say, I have to cop to the fact I'm not an Xbox guy. So I, you know, I, I've been missing it because Cuphead's been out for what, a year and a half now? Yeah, two years? almost two years. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so I had to wait till it came to the Switch. I was thrilled when I found out it was coming. You know, got it day one. I've been, I've been loving it. Dude, it's so, it's amazing. It's such you, a good game. It, did it get released uh, physical or is it just digital? I got digital. I don't think they released it. I think that might be still up in the air whether they're going to do a physical copy, if I'm not mistaken. Because Was it physical on Xbox? You know what? I'm not sure about that. That's a really good question. If, 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 that, if that came out on physical on Switch, I would definitely pick it up again because I own it on Steam. And ironically enough, I love playing Cuphead with my Switch Pro Controller. <laughs> so <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, no, the, the irony of the whole situation is obscene. But anyway... Um, all that aside, yeah, Cuphead is so good. I love it. Oh, dude. It's so good. You know, it looks it looks beautiful, and I was enjoying watching Let's Plays and everything on YouTube and everything. But, you know, I just think you guys know the gameplay. The way the, the way the game plays and the way the game sort of steps and the boss fights, it's so it's so well done. It's so fluid. You know, I, I'm, I really like digging. I was playing with my son tonight. He played for the first time tonight. And he's eight. That's perfect. He's just, and he, he got, like, to the third boss. And I was like, what? Dang, man. <laughs> he, he takes his own. Sent him the timeout. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a proud dad moment right there for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I posted to Twitter not too long ago, but um, I've been kind of guiding my son. He's been playing A Link to the Past. And uh, it was about, I don't know, maybe six, five weeks ago or so, he pulled the Master Sword. and Oh, nice. Yeah, it was just like, Hell yeah, dad of the year. That's my boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's my boy. So, how old is he? How, how old is he? He's going to be five here shortly. Oh my gosh. So That's starting. Oh, that's nice. Starting yeah. nice and early. Well, you know, he's he's had a just a fascination with Link. And I like I have little figures and stuff that he, he knows they're not toys. Um, so it just kind of, I think it just came out naturally. But my wife swears Zelda, or yeah, the Legend of Zelda is in my DNA. So, yeah, so apparently he inherited that, um, and he just, like, he, he saw A Link to the Past and just latched on, so, and, yeah, the rest is history. Unfortunately, now, he just keeps wanting to go back to the same original three dungeons, <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 you, you have to rescue seven maidens, and he's just like, no, castle. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. He's like, girls are gross. I don't yeah, need the rest. Yeah, exactly. We don't need no seven maidens. We're just going to go beat Ganon's ass. Yeah, no. <laughs> Your son's like, where's their mommy and daddies? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're he's, he's slowly picking it up. But it, it, for the most part, I just let him explore and just enjoy the world, you know? 
So yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, so cool. That's he, he's young to be playing that. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he only gets it's about an hour, and it's only like when my, I'm off because I'll, I'll hook up the Super Nintendo Classic for him, and it's during his sister's nap time. So it's just like okay, you know, here's a little something you and I can do while Sissy's taking a nap, you know, and it, it, it's a lot of fun. And uh, a, cool. a lot, a lot of it require is him running back or you know calling me and being like, "Dad, help!" And I'm just like, <laughs> "Help." Yeah, like he, he 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 tries a couple times, and then he's just like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, Well, you need to try. You need to try something different. Like, I don't give him direct answers, but I kind of lead him in the right direction. Yeah, you're that's like, cool. That's cool. You're like hammer, huh? That's an interesting choice of weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, Have you thought about this? You know, the the cool thing about that game too is is. As a jumping in point for Zelda, I feel like a, was a link to the past is a, ju- a is a jumping in point for a lot of people who'd never played the regular Nintendo, but then Super Nintendo came. Like a link to the past was like my first like jump into uh, Zelda as well, and then you know it came to the Game Boy Advance and it came to everywhere else. And right, uh, remember I remember owning it uh, just on like three different you know spots, and still to this day one of my favorite Zelda games, right next to uh, Link's Awakening in uh, for the Game Boy. Oh, it's a great game too. That's oh, an awesome game too. Link's yeah. Awakening oh, so is the only game I ever played to try to do a, uh, a a no death run because at the very end of it, you get to see the seagull fly away and it's the the girl who was on the island. Oh, I never do that. Yeah, that's a that. secret ending now. And but I yeah. never could do it. My uh, <laughs> my my, it, my my top my top three Zelda games if I had to rank them would be A Link to the Past, okay. Bre- Breath of the Wild, Ocarina of Time. And then fourth would be Majora's. Like if I had to, Majora's would be fourth. That's a good. Those are good choices. Yeah, those are I, solid. Choices. And then, and then fifth is controversial, but I definitely say Wind Waker. I, I, I love I the love Wind Waker. Game. I Me love too. the Wind Waker. So. Me too. Colin does um, too. Actually, Colin really loves that game too. It just, there, I, I knew so many people that just shit all over that game when it came out, and I was just like, y'all are crazy. I love this. <laughs> Me too. I felt the same way. I felt the same exact way. They're like, there's too much water. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're on an island chain, idiot. <laughs> it's oh, the God. islands. Is it too much water in Hawaii? Well, they explain it. The god, the gods flooded Hyrule. Like they explained why there's water. Like it's 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 in the story, you know. So anyway. Oh, I'm... absolutely. Oh, I agree. I totally agree with you guys. You know what, guys? I just found out. I just read that um, Nintendo did confirm a physical copy, a physical uh, edition of Cuphead, well, but they didn't confirm when. Well, Nintendo, Nintendo just knows how to take all my money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're good at that. They really cool are. Was, uh, what was it? Limited run uh, release or whatever it was for the, the company that does that. They did it for. Um... Oh my god, I'm I'm uh, totally. Uh... Limited run games has done a lot of limited runs. Yeah. Uh, what's the they... one? Celeste. They did Celeste. Yeah, they did Celeste. Oh, recently. okay, okay. They were the ones who released Celeste. Okay, so Cuphead. Is there anything else you've been playing? You know what? No. You know what? We get. What are we playing? Oh, you know what I'm playing right now? Resident Evil 2, the remake. Okay. Uh, we're doing it for, we pushed off. We were supposed to do it for the last edition of Knockback, the last wave. Mm-hmm. But we pushed it off. I needed to play a little longer, so I'm play- we'll be playing that. And Knockback's been such a cool opportunity to play some modern, st- to get me into modern stuff. Because, you know, I'm such a retro gamer at heart. You know, I've been really back into retro gaming for like the last six or seven years. And that's where I put the, pr- you know, my primary resources go there, but knockback's been nice to play some stuff that I missed over the last couple of console iterations. Yeah. But Colin still makes fun of me because my PlayStation four is still in the box. (laughs) 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 Not cool. Like not cool with Colin. It has been, it has been out of the box, but it's been back in the box all the time. That is funny. Yeah, no, that's, that's really about it. Most of my gaming is, um, is you know concentrated with what we're doing on knockback now, which has been which has been a lot of fun. Well, now what about you guys? What have you guys been playing? George, you go, you go first. You go first. Well, I, it's already been brought up, but I've been just playing an absolute shit ton of Risk of Rain two with my brother. Um, the 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 runs that we're getting are just insane now. It's so fun, Anthony. You know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> these uh, they they really took the spirit of the first game and just brought it to a whole nother level which makes me that much more excited to give a copy away to somebody in our discord this month shameless plug um but <laughs> it, it's 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 just 
it's a great iteration of what they already had pretty much based off of risk of rain one so i'm really looking to them adding more content supposedly they're gonna have some new items within a month added to the game so and some data love, uh... and data miners have already confirmed that there's going to be over 350 items in this game so and you know that's subject to change of course but it's still kind of cool to see the potential in this i love that every week for the last like four weeks <laughs> it's been risk of rain two of and rain division two. two like when it comes to oh oh george is playing uh, uh risk of rain two and then anthony's playing rocket league in division two <laughs> <laughs> like nothing has changed yeah it's the same stuff but god damn uh, so like digging george and i are very much creature of habits like like we find a game and we're just like fucking stuck on it and like uh yeah i don't i don't I'm know the same it. way i'm the same way as you guys have I hear that. I totally hear that. You gotta milk every last drop out of a game. I feel like anyway. You know. Yeah. When you like, I just I'm the same way with food. You know, like if I go to a restaurant and I like something, I'm generally ordering that the same like thing every single time. So yeah, absolutely. Don't fix it if it's not broken, type of thing. So George, just risk of rain two. You haven't hopped into any more Battlefield uh, Battlefield one or sorry Battlefield five. I have not no, but you know my brother and I were talking the other day, and we have plans to play Overwatch tomorrow. So we're gonna jump back into Ooh. some Overwatch. It's been a hot minute since we played on PC, so I'm probably gonna be trash, but that's okay. God, it's so much faster on PC than it is on console. Oh man, it, it just I've been a PC gamer now for two years, so it's you know I'm I'm pretty used to it. But yeah, that initial changeover, man. Coming from PlayStation 4 to PC in a shooter, it was just like a slap in the face. Oof. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was rough, man. It was, but you know, it with time you can you can push through. And I always tell people that I, I really do think that transition was worth it for me because now my kids hog the TV, so I'm pretty much out of luck. So yeah, <laughs> if, if, if I didn't if I didn't have my PC, then I wouldn't have the ability to play games as much. So yeah, I never thought of that with kids. That's true. That's a real. I'm not a PC gamer. My best friend is a really avid PC gamer, but that's a really good point with kids. You know, you could kind of just steal away and be on the computer while they get the run of the TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought of it that way before. That's yeah, if, if I if I turned on the TV to play game, my kids would absolutely smother me. So. <laughs> <laughs> just all over you they, yeah, essentially they, you know and, and again you know my, my son does have an interest in video games but you know he's it, i'm as much of a gamer as i am i don't want my child playing video games for hours on end either like oh, you, you need, course, you, need to, you need to play use your imagination young one you yeah know? hit the legos hit the legos for a little while exactly exactly use your imagination young lean and i am your your jedi master anakin oh god <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> as you as you draw your lightsaber <laughs> oh fuck um right, i'm gonna go to what i've been playing which is obviously um more division two what no yeah well they, they just did a uh like they just released a patch they're supposed to be uh their raid is their raid was supposed to come this month but it, it's not coming till next month now which is fine I'm, I'm more than fine with them uh pushing it back so they can make it better i think with their test servers they were finding that they, they were having balance issues with it so i'm like take all the fucking time you need i'm still enjoying the game very much uh was playing some more rocket league i found some awesome people through uh just i've had really cool people hop into my uh my twitch channel when i'm playing it like hey can i play it with you and i'm like yeah fucking let's do it you know what's your rocket id or what's your psn and just found some super solid people to play with and then um oh, that's cool I was looking at PlayStation's having a uh, a sell right now, and, and I really, really wanted to pick up the new Dragon Quest. Oh, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> um, that or pick up Dragon Quest Builders, because I had Builders for my Vita and didn't really touch it that much, and uh, my kids kind of took over my Vita, and they got to play it, and they really like it. So um, I, I might pick up Dragon Quest Builders as well. So, like, with my kids, like, when they play games, I don't allow them to play any games with like shooting and stuff with the exception of plants vs zombies garden warfare 2 because it's like because it, it, it's cartoony enough to where it's yes. plants vs zombies so it's like those are the kind of games that I, I like them you know i let them play i don't let them play call of duty or like actual right. shooters like they'll see me play it um my oldest keeps going hey i want to play fortnite and i'm like you can play fortnite when you're 10 but you can't play it right now and he keeps asking like so when i'm 10 right and i'm like yeah but your birthday's not till september kid let's relax <laughs> Um, but I, I just, uh, like 
my whole philosophy on it has always been I, I don't mind my kids playing video games as long as they're not playing a game where it's just mindless violence um when they're older and teenagers that's fine but like right now you know when i was when mikhail my oldest was was probably like five um i was playing a lot of the last of us and playing online and one day he comes to me with a jumbled bunch of legos and goes hey dad here you go here's a pipe bomb you can use for joel and ellie and i was like i gotta stop playing these games wow yeah that's that's, (laughs) that's heavy heavy. that could be heavy you know it's funny it's funny having the conversation with other dads because i don't personally hear it discussed a lot you know about you know limits and young kids with video you know as gamers you know we as gamers and the limits you lay down for your kids and stuff it's not discuss that much at least i don't you know from my perspective maybe the stuff i'm listening to it's not discussed so it's kind of refreshing to hear that i feel that you know i feel the same way there's got to be limits you know they're gonna have their whole life it's like it's like social media it's like having a phone or having a tablet like they're gonna i try to tell my kids like you're gonna have your whole life for this so you'll get you know you'll get there yeah all right so there there are certain games though where i like minecraft i don't mind them playing minecraft for like multiple hours because they're thinking about what they're building they're, absolutely. They're, absolutely they're using their brain on that one and i actually took that from uh i was listening to penny arcade um and uh mike was talking about that and it kind of clicked like oh fuck yeah minecraft they're, they're thinking it's like it's just virtual legos so why wouldn't i let them you know like, exactly i get that one but well like, plans for zombies it gets to a point to where like they start getting mad and and like if they're playing together, one gets mad because the other's killing them, and I'm like, "We'll be on the same team. You're supposed <laughs> to kill the zombies if you're a plant. Don't get mad. That's how the game's supposed to be. You know, classic. Uh, it, it turns into classic. Uh, you know, little brother, big brother stuff where they're just like, "Stop killing me!" <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That comes out. Yeah. Then that the sibling stuff comes out. The rivalry. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I'm very much against them playing like mindless violence games and. And I've got so the way we have it set up, we have our TV, and then I have my own little setup where you know I stream. I've got my laptop for when I do stuff like this. Um, okay. So the PlayStation is on my little TV, and I'll let them play you know from time to time. And then we've got an Xbox, but that's basically my my, my wife's because I'm a Sony pony over here. Um, <laughs> and then uh, so I, when when I do let them play, like I, I have Minecraft Story Mode season one and two on there because they love that. Um, you know, I've got Minecraft plans for zombies. Just they've got games they know they can play, and they got games they know they can't play. So right, that's perfect. That's well done. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I agree with that 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 outlook. That's good. Now, that's come good. here, son. You and Dad have to have a really important talk. <laughs> come on, son. I think it's time you you played some Mortal Kombat I th- Eleven. I think it's time. I think it's time for you to experience Doom. <laughs> what is Doom, Dad? <laughs> oh, you'll see. <laughs> The uh, so Division Two has a lot of like choice dialogue in it this time around, like way more cussing than the last one. So there's been a t- couple times when I when I've been playing and all of a sudden like you just hear like I'm gonna fucking kill you and I'm like whoa <laughs> yeah whoa and like my wife looks at me and the kids are like they look at me with a with a uh, wide eye stare and I'm like I'm gonna put my uh, my headphones on. This <laughs> is like like the language in it is so much more intense than it was in the first game, and I'm just like, oh, I look, kind of look around. It's like when you were younger, and like there'd be like you'd be watching like a show or whatever, and it would cuss, and like you'd looked in the kitchen to see if your mom caught you. That's <laughs> like that's. I felt like I was like 13 again, and I'm looking around, and, like my wife and kids are all looking at me, and I'm like, oh, I, I, I think I'm playing different. I'm gonna turn I'm gonna turn the volume down a little bit. I think I'll turn the volume down a little bit. Yeah, they heard. They heard. Yeah, Colin was playing that uh, when I was in California a couple of weeks ago, and he was playing a little bit. That game, first of all, that game looks like a lot of fun. That game looks really cool. But I know what you're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that wall of dialogue here and there. Like, you know, all of a sudden it gets pretty explicit. <laughs> it goes from zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> all right. So let's take a quick break for uh, you're going to hear our ad from Anchor. Uh, spoken by none other than our, our very own George Hioka with that smooth voice. You know it, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. And if you're not moister than an oyster after that ad, I don't know what's wrong with you. So <laughs> let's hop into our topics with Dagan. Uh, so Dagan, right? You've you're you're an, you're an animator mm-hmm. as I know you, and also you know podcaster. But the stuff, first stuff I, I I ever knew you as was an animator. So my first question is, um, you know, what's the first animation that you ever created? And I'm talking like the very first animation that you ever created where you were like, holy shit, I can do this. Like, like what was the first thing you ever created <laughs> where you were just like, oh, and it, and it clicked. It doesn't have to be something you've done that was big. Um, like maybe it was 
you were in your first animation class and, and you finished some simple animation and was like, oh, I'm fucking hooked. Like, what was the first thing that, that, that hooked you on this? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's a great question. I've never been asked that before. I remember early on in animation school, you know, I was, I was, you know, always drawing my whole life, but I never really animated anything until I got to college, until I got to art school. Mm-hmm. And one of our one of our early assignments, much to our chagrin, because we were so I started school in I started college in 94 and I was on a traditional animation track. So a lot of hand drawing and stuff like that. So we were really amped up to draw and get our stuff under the filmed under the camera and everything. But we we had a very sort of circuitous path. We had to do like a lot of stop motion and we had to do a lot of experimental stuff and we hated it. But I remember we had to do this puppeted. We had to make these puppets, these like cardboard puppets mm-hmm. and film them under the camera. And so it was like a stop motion assignment. We really weren't feeling at the time. And I remember like the early animation assignments that we had in school were very humbling because, you know, animation was hard. We didn't really know what we were doing yet. So you would be all excited and you'd get this thing done and you'd get this thing shot and it would be like a piece of shit. You know, it was very, it was very humbling <laughs> early on. It was like, wow, this is, this is actually really, but I remember early on, we did a friend of mine and myself did a little street fighter piece. He made like a little puppeted Ryu and I made a little puppeted Ken. And it was like this little piece of shit animation where they were throwing, you know, Hadoukens, they were throwing fireballs at each other. Mm-hmm. And it was so bad. But one thing that we realized a really cool technique. I, I just remember this for some reason was the actual fireball, we realized that it really looked stagnant and why didn't it look like it was in the game? And then we realized to film the fireball as it was going on its path across the screen, to film it on every other frame and to remove it on on those other frames. So it looked like it was blinking. And that mm-hmm. was like my first, so it looked like it was kind of blinking or, or you know, like lighting up or it had some kind of energy to it. It looked like, it looked like the effect in the game. And I remember that being like the first time I ever animated something was like, whoa, like it was like an epiphany moment. It was like, okay, that's how you animate. You have to think things through. It's an, you know, it's, it's a process of experimentation and trying to think through how things actually move and emulation and all that kind of stuff. So that was my first big epiphany moment in school where I realized, okay, there's, you know, it's not just about drawing and making it look cool. There's a lot of thought put into it. You realize there were layers to it? there were so many more layers to it like it was about you know thinking it through it was a, it was a process you know because we were all thinking you know oh we were all inspired by whatever it was at the time you know whatever disney films or you know at the you know at the time anime a lot of us were into anime at that time especially but you know it was like really really realizing like okay this is a process it's going to take a long time to learn how to do this you know, it's, and a, a lot of great animators have said, like, the first five years of even as a professional shouldn't even count because you're so bad at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like once you hit that sixth year, you can consider yourself an animator, even though you've been getting paid for it for five years already. I always love that because it's actually kind of true. You know, you really don't know anything until until you get like a big head of steam, until you get a lot of more ex- of experience, you know. So... so- you started off in traditional animation, whereas you were drawing it or you were doing the stop motion. Well, yeah. we all know at around like, I would imagine at some point in your career, which it seems like very early on, everything switched to digital. It did. It did. How, very what, early what was that? What was that like? Because you're, you're, you're learned and you're trained as traditional animation, you know, with, like you said, stop motion, pen and paper. Yeah. Um, however that and then all of a sudden you, it's almost kind of like having to relearn everything all over again it it was it wasn't it wasn't it was it's interesting my generation because you know when i came out of school i'm 45 years old now when i came out of school we were kind of like the last vestiges of the traditional animators that kind of came through school and were trained that way and we actually you know we were actually given an option in art school to take at that point a 3d a cg track which was very early, you know, even Silicon Graphics and 3D Studio Max and Maya, the Maya software was just in its like initial inception. So we could have, we could have chosen at that point in the mid nineties to go on a, on a CG track or a traditional track. So we were still given that option rather than now kids are much more well-rounded. They get everything. So we could choose not to even deal with the computer. So when we got out, we, I spent my first couple of years, I guess, 98 through 2000, we got out like just in time to do a little more traditional animation for TV 
And also for CD-ROM was really big at that point. You guys were a little younger, so you remember that CD-ROM ROM gaming sort of was, you know, that came before the internet. Yeah. So that was like a big thing for kids, interactive CD-ROMs and educational CD-ROMs. So that was a lot of traditional animation. So we got to, we got to do, you know, pencil on paper. And the first, sort of the first iteration of digital was digital ink and paint. So it was kind of a smooth transition because we got that. It was like, okay, we could, you know, we could draw it, but then it's inked and then it's scanned into the computer and vectorized and then colored, you know, digitally. And so that was like a kind of transition. And then vector animation came in programs like Flash, where it was still traditional animation, but it was much more done inside of the computer. It was much more done inside of the box. There was tools to help you, you know, it was like cheats, um, different styles of animation were introduced. So it was kind of, we got into Flash and Toon Boom sort of coming out of out of traditional. And we were lucky because we were on the very, we were actually trained on the job, my generation, because it was, it was com coming in slowly, mm -hmm. especially with the dot, you know, the dot com boom and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so we were actually really lucky. I feel bad for the generation, the next maybe couple of generations in the early aughts to mid 90, uh, mid 2000s rather. You know, when they came in, I think it was a little more jarring because the technology was ramping up really quick. So we got the, the only thing with my generation that I sort of lament and I sort of lament for myself is we never really had the opportunity to learn CG because we were already, you know, we were already in our careers, you know, having families, buying houses, all that kind of stuff. So it was a little more difficult for us to go back and do CG. And there was a really scary time in the mid 2000s where it was like, all right. Traditional, we really felt inherently like traditional animation was going to die. Yeah. And like, shit, what are we going to do? Like, we did the wrong thing. Like, we, we should have done CG. Some, some guys I know left the industry. Some guys I know sort of scrambled and, you know, um, like really took very like intensive Maya courses and kind of became, you know, entrenched in commercial animation and did very well. But it was like a really scary moment. Then there were, you know, by the end of the, you know, 2010, 2011, we realized, you know, it's sort of the dust settled and we realized, okay, there's room for everything. You know, everybody got, you know, this, the scare was over. You know, it was like, there's, there's, there's going to be everything. It was kind of like books, right? Like e the advent of eBooks came out and it was like, all right, like, I guess that's it. Like close all the libraries. It's not to close all the printing presses. There's not going to be any more books, yeah. physical books, you know? <laughs> It was very similar to that. It was like the dust had, everybody had to be scared. Everybody had to have a heart attack. Then the dust settled. They're real, okay, there's room for everything. Every, you know, it's gonna, books are gonna be okay. There's still gonna be printing presses and books and traditional media and all that stuff. So it was a very similar thing to that. So I was lucky. I think it was pretty, it was pretty smooth for me, I felt like. Well, not to mention you've got, you know, classic animation and then current animation on your resume as well. So if there was some sort of, random project that came out, you know, not everybody's going to have classic animation under the belt now. So you could, I, I would imagine there's a, there's a smaller pool to, uh, of, of people to choose from on that. You've got kind of like a specialized skill now. Yeah, that's a good point. And you know what, there's also, you know, animators and you know this too. I think a lot of the regular, you know, quote unquote layman people know this as well. Like you have to, there's a lot of fundamental knowledge in animation that you have to have. It's some sort of traditional basis. You have to have some kind of foundation in Mm -hmm. storyboarding you know animation technique drawing is always helpful although i would argue not necessary i know really good animators that can't draw very well mm -hmm. oddly enough so you know i but i think having that traditional basis and that traditional background helps you know it could only it can only help it can't you know it can't detract from your skills so you know and, and most of the good really good cg animators i know do have a very strong foundation in drawing and you know timing and storyboarding and thinking you know cinematically and character and you know all that kind of nuance and you know time you know everything with dialogue and acting is really important so you know having that traditional foundation is always helpful makes sense quick, quick question um, yeah were you really the only animator for the kind of funny animated series i was i was oh well God. you know what on the i shouldn't say that i shouldn't say that on the episodes what had happened was, you know, Nick and I, early on, we decided that it was going to be just me. And yeah. he, what, what our process was, it was mostly just me and Nick. A little, Tim was involved in it somewhat, too. And, of course, all the guys were involved with the voices, and they all did a brilliant job yeah. with that. But um, it was mostly me and Nick. Nick would write the script, and then I would break it down, thumbnail it, storyboard it, design the entire thing, 
and animate the entire thing. And that lasted for, and I was doing that on the side. I was doing it as a side job. Like I was doing that at night, basically. Yeah. Well, the reason why I was asking, because I want to stroke your ego about it because like they're, they're fucking awesome. And it, it I, I just, oh, I, I watch them and I'm like, fuck. Cause I remember they mentioned that and I watch it and I'm like, I like one, per, I, I, I knew that, that Nick had done the scripts and, and you and Nick worked on it together. But like when it comes to the animation side, like you fucking did that on your own. That's insane. It's insane. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it started that way. And then we realized like, all right, this is too much. They had drummed up a certain amount of money to do the series. Yeah. And then we realized, like, all right, you know, it wasn't quite enough for me to leave my job and work full time on it, even though mm -hmm. I, you know, I put many, you know, I had to have another job just for income. Yeah. So we realized at a certain point, I pulled a couple of friends in. I realized, you know, they were full, they were employed full time. So that wasn't really working out on a couple of episodes. So Nick actually found through mutual friends of ours, actually found a subcontracting studio. God, where were they? in Ecuador or Guatemala or something. I forget what they were called, but they, so basically what had happened was I would take on an episode and they would do, you know, I would do the even number episodes and then that little studio, that little operation would do like the odd number episodes. Yes. Okay. And, okay. And so then that by, by the time we got to like episode three or four, I got, I got through maybe three or four episodes on my own. And then we started staggering it. You know, I would do an episode because I was on my own. It would take me a little longer than, so by them doing every other episode, it gave me a little more time to do an episode. I realized I didn't really want anybody working on my episodes. I wanted to do it all myself. It, just, it yeah. just made more sense to me. So I did my own episodes. They did the staggered ones. And I think that was the same studio that did, that animated a lot of the opening for the series. If you guys remember the opening, yeah. I designed all the characters for the opening and then they animated everything. Did you do so the very last episode? Episode which one was the last so, one? Remind me. So Fast So Furious, the one where, where Cool Greg just uh, uh, just disappears. Uh, Harry oh, Potter style. that's right. Cool Greg is in, and Andy's in that episode too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> did you um, do that? Is that the Did you do that episode or was that the that other? That wasn't student? me. That was the other. That was the. I don't. Yeah, it's just saying. I don't remember if they were Ecuadorian. Well, but they, e that was the other. Either way, the, you did a good chunk of these on your own, though. I did. I did. The, uh, the only. The only one we collaborated on, the only, you know, it's funny, I forgot about this. The only, I, we collaborated on one episode. I did all the designs for it and they did all the animation. It was the, um, oh, it was the holiday, the Star Wars holiday special one. Mm -hmm. I did all the designs for that one, all the character designs and they animated. I, I, I really wanted to animate that one, but I think we're running out of time. And that might've been also after Colin left. So things got a little awkward. <laughs> things, but, got a little, they got a little, things got a little weird. <laughs> Things got a little weird. But, we got a little uh, awkward for a moment there. <laughs> you know, when that all happened, you know, I went, you know, basically I went, I was, you know, very much, you know, on the periphery. I was, you know, talking to Nick. I was talking to Colin. Yeah. And, you know, they were away. The guys were at PAX or wherever they were in Boston or whatever. And it was such a, it was such a weird time. But, you know, I, I remember calling Colin being like, do I what you know I do as you as you do like uh, is it is, is it like are we leave it and he was like dude you have to finish this series like you know much whatever was going on Colin was so stoic about it he was like dude you have to you cannot possibly leave there you have to leave you have to finish this and I had like two more episodes to go I think at that point you know that's what and I love about you Moriarty's man you guys are men of your word <laughs> that's, that's so, like that's such a fucking classic Colin thing like like as someone who's been watching kind of funny for a long time, like it, it's it's pretty wild to to know like someone's traits just off of that because generally people aren't who they are on camera, but especially with like Greg and Colin, it seems that they they are exactly as they perceive as everyone perceives. Like that's how they. I mean, I've met Colin when I was on uh when I was on his, his podcast when I was on Fireside Chats. Like he's like oh that's the right same, yeah the same exact as he is on fucking camera and it's it's so wild and it's so cool and and uh it's it's just one of those weird things and the, the fact that you said that is such sounds like such a Colin Moriarty thing to say too like dude you got to finish this out like it is it is yeah I, you know you know Colin he he really is the genuine I mean he's he's hundred he doesn't have a fake bone in his body he really even if he wanted to he couldn't it's just not him you know but uh, I I'm just I'm so fucking impressed though because it it was. For good, at least half those episodes, it was just you doing that, like for for the animation and, and getting all that shit done. So, so, fucking kudos to you, man, because oh, that's like that's a solid series, and it's I know it's I know it's it's a series that took a while to get out, and I get it, especially with 
with one person doing uh, one, you know, alternating episodes in an actual studio. But I, I think in the long run, it was, it was actually really fucking awesome. Same with Doodles. I think two of those are some of my favorite Doodles and the kind of funny animations are two of my favorite kind of things that kind of funny did that they don't do anymore. Just because it was kind of so. It was kind of out of out of left field. It was really random. It, it was it was it seemed very much like an offshoot of what the brand was, and I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I, well, I appreciate you saying that. They, I thought they they don't so they don't do the doodles anymore. No, the doodles oh. is like one of my favorite things, especially with like taking the shit from the pot. I think one of my favorite ones is the whole uh, how many like five year olds could could you fight in Chuck E. Cheese or whatever, and the whole oh, Colin's like uh, Billy, uh, are you ready for ABCs? He's like ABCs, don't you be the NOPs. <laughs> <laughs> George, I think I showed you that. Yeah, where he's like, uh, and you just give that bop on the head real quick, yeah. and then forget half the alphabet. Oh yeah, that was that was funny. All that right, was so all right. funny. Let's, uh, let's move on to the topic too, because this one's important. I know to George and I, as as dads who have full time jobs and also have this podcast and have our individual streams, you know, time management is a big thing. So. How do you ba- balance your family, work, and podcast life? Like, what what are your keys to success with time management? Because I know, um, like George and I ran into this consistently, and I feel like once we find that balance, some a wrench gets thrown in, and we got to oh, change man. up that whole fucking routine. I appreciate I appreciate this question. It's so important. You know, I think it's I think it's relevant to a lot of us what we do. You know, we have our we have our careers, we have our families, we have our, our side interests that take up time. You know what, dude? I mean, the bottom line is it's hard. I mean, you guys always know that it's difficult. It's and it's always evolving, it, and it's always a challenge. So I think, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've learned in my life. I mean, coming from somebody really who notoriously had no patience. I mean, I, all my patience was used basically. It's so funny because I, I always say this to people: like, I have all the patience in the world to animate like a five-second scene over four weeks, and I have no patience for anything else. Like somebody cuts me off on the road. I'm like, yeah, pissed off. You know what I mean? It's like, I felt like, especially in my younger years, you know, probably up to like my mid thirties, early to mid thirties, like I had no patience for anything. I think learning patience was, you know, having kids, you know, my oldest is 12, just turned 12 and my youngest is eight. I think just the journey of having kids taught me a lot of patience. And why I talk about patience is I think it taught me to, I think having patience taught me just to roll with the punches. I'm very, I'm, I could be very type A personality as far as like wanting order, wanting infrastructure, wanting answers, wanting my whole day to be laid out, you know, wanting my schedule to be very organized. I think once I realized that you have to be a little more liquid than that, you have to be a little more fluid. You have to be able to roll with the punches. Things change. You're going to get a call from the nurse's office. You know what I mean? Your wife's Mm going to go, you know, stay home sick. Something's going to happen at work. You know, I'm going to miss it if I don't, you know, something's going to happen when I get notes and I'm going to miss a deadline. So just having just being able to be, you know, to to kind of roll with the punches and just kind of ebb and flow with, you know, the the rhythms of how the day goes. For me, if I'm explaining that right, that was a big thing to learn, because, you know, in the past, if something happened, I would almost seize up because it's like, no, I had this plan. Like I was going to animate this two hours and then make dinner, you know, I wasn't going to make dinner until six. So just being able to sort of take my schedule and rejigger things around and stuff like that. You say, all right, you know what? I have to stop. I have to make dinner at six. It's my turn to make dinner. But tonight I'll just get the kids in bed an hour earlier or something. And I'll just have to stay up an hour later, you know? So I think just having, I think, I think patience is one thing. I think self-sacrifice is another thing. I'd rather see, I don't know how you guys are with everything, but like, I know my wife's a teacher, like she has to get sleep at night. You know, she, she's got to always be on. I have the type of job where I half the time I could kind of, I could kind of futz with, you know, I get started later, I could sleep later. So it's like, I'd rather see that everything's in place. Like my family gets a good night's sleep. If I get four hours of sleep, I'm used to, it. you know what I mean? So I think it's just kind of no, and I think it's kind of family needs as well like i would never say to my wife like look take the kids it's seven o'clock i have to work now until three in the morning and if you have to be up till three in the morning too so be you know i can't do that like she 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 couldn't operate so it's like i think it's just knowing i think it's just having that maturity i think that's another thing i you know think you know just growing up just just having that maturity of being able to you know say all right 
you know, I don't, I wanted to do this for two hours. I wanted to write for two hours tonight, but I can't for the podcast or something, but I can't do that tonight. So I'm going to have to, you know, sacrifice whatever, playing video games Saturday night and do the writing then. So it's just, I think it's just always kind of being on your toes and being able to, you know, being willing to shuffle things around. For me, that was always a big thing. And I think that that really just speaks to like just kind of dropping a little bit of that type A personality and just realizing like everything's not going to be set in stone when you have a family, you know, you can't, it can't possibly, you guys know how it is. Kids are going to get sick, you know, things are going to, things are going to change, things are going to get screwed up. So I think it's just the ability to just kind of, you know, just kind of stretch and, you know, just kind of like be like putty almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think George has, has the greatest um, like kids, right now like my kids are now old enough to where um i can kind of structure that because i've got a nine-year-old a seven-year-old and a six-year-old but george wow, has, got three okay yeah yeah george's youngest daughter is a ninja and uh oh my god yeah there'll be times when we're just talking and maybe he's playing games where we're chatting and then all of a sudden he's like holy shit and i'm like what and he's like shiloh's behind me and i don't know how long she's been behind me she's supposed to be in bed <laughs> So so funny so so funny story and I've already told Anthony this but I'll I'll fill everybody in on the podcast. So the other day I feed the kids dinner. My wife goes to school at night, so I'm I'm okay. Mr. Dad at, at night when I get home from my forty hour actually fifty hour week job. Um, but anyway, wow. I I do that Monday through Saturday so she can finish school. It should be done in a few months, so it's been worth the sacrifice. But nonetheless, okay, cool. Uh, got the kids dinner. Um sat down started typing up some podcasts or some new stuff for the podcast which is usually my routine like uh, I'll, I'll fix them their food i sit down we sit here at the the, the living tables near my desk anyway so it's a nice chance for me to chat with them while they're eating anyway which i try to do but cool. type type up a little bit of news the kids have the routine where they finish dinner and they put their plates or they have little trays that they eat in they put them in the sink and then i go up there and i usually rinse everything off and, and, and do the dishes you know so I'm doing the dishes and the kids usually go off and play and, and they run back and forth between the living room and their room. I don't notice anything out of the ordinary. I'm doing the dishes. Well, my my door, my front door is open and my screen door is shut and my neighbor's at the door and she's like, knock, knock. And I was like, hi, what's going on? And I look down and she's got my daughter. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? How did you? And, and, I'm, and I, I look at the back patio door and it's locked and closed. And I'm looking at the window and it's locked and closed. And I was like, thank you so much. I have no f- clue how she got out. And so I bring my daughter inside the house and I'm like, baby, how did you get out of the house? You need to show daddy. And she takes me to the room and she points at the window. And she had pushed her big brother's bed up against the wall and climbed out the window. No way. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, she's a ninja, George. She is a, she's, her sneak is at 100. I, it's, I, it's insane, guys. I can't even stress it. Like, and, and again, Anthony is, has, has heard this where, you know, I'll be podcasting or something and I'm just like, oh, uh, I'll be right back, guys. You know, (laughs) and then he comes back and I'm like, everything okay? He's like, yeah, Shiloh is just, like, she was just behind me. I don't, She's just staring at me. <laughs> I, I have discovered her in our bed, just passed out. You know, I'm like, where the, where the hell did you, how did you do that? You know, cause she, not, not only that is she'll come out and she'll close their room door again. So you don't know anyone's left or anything oh, like that. smart. Dude, she's super, she's got sneak 100. I'm telling you. That's she's, amazing. Now, when she went out the window, was she on the ground floor? <laughs> she jumped off the third floor. <laughs> she said YOLO. Yeah, no, we're on the ground floor, everyone, just okay, for reference. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, wow, she really is a ninja. Yeah, but she no. Just, she, she saw some bushes and, and you know she shot her shot. She said, I, I can land in those safe. It's like Assassin <laughs> it's like Assassin's Creed. But yeah, yeah what did you say? Yeah, that's unbelievable. You can yeah. get like a shirt can like into the wall with a note. You know, like Yeah. Yeah, father. She's gonna find bodies. Like I've joined, I've joined the the ninja way. Yeah, father. Father, I I, our paths will cross again. Yeah, I have left to join ninja school. Perhaps one day our paths will cross again. Love, Shiloh. So, yeah. So that question is just something I I like to ask our guests who, who have kids, and I and I know they've got a bunch of like I call it extracurriculars with you know like streaming the podcast because 
you know, with my, my boys getting older, there was a routine where bedtime was eight 30. So I would get them in bed by eight and they would pass out. Well, now that it's summertime and you know, the sun's setting uh, a bit later over here, like it, it's really setting around like eight now, um, you know, it's getting harder and harder to kind of get them in that routine. And then I also work, uh, I work grave shift with my, with my job. So okay. it, that takes time away from my stream as well. Cause it's like, you know, sac- then I really got to sac. it was different sacrificing sleep when I worked in the daytime, because in the daytime with four hours of sleep, I still feel like I can function because I slept at night. Right. But with grave shift, sacrificing sleep and then going and picking up the kids from school and then finally being able to lay down, you know, at around three or four. Um, it just like it, it takes it's taking more of a toll now. But I just I love to hear how other parents do it, especially when they have more than just family and work. Uh, it, there's because we're, we're now in a very much an era where. There, there's a whole generation like like you, Dagan, like me, like George, like Colin, like the dudes that kind of funny where um, like once they have kids, they've already established these routines and, and these these, you know, things that are kind of off off kilter than a normal job. It's it's like I, I think some of our dads had hobbies with models and stuff like that, but they didn't have it to the extent of a of a dedicated Twitch channel where they're an affiliate with 800 plus followers and they're trying right. to figure out ways to, to, to market that and figure out social media and doing posts and picking up kids from school and factoring it in work. And like, maybe my wife wants a date night, like tomorrow night I'm not streaming cause the wife and I are going to go, I'm going to go buy a bottle of her favorite wine. We're going to, you know, get takeout and we're going to watch movies the whole night. So it's there like you go. this whole weird dynamic that is oddly very much a two thousands dynamic. Cause right. Like, I don't feel like our parents really had this. Our parents had hobbies, but they didn't have hobbies to this extent because the internet didn't exist in this way back then. So it may be like your dad's hobby was working on his car. So you work on his car for an hour or two afterwards, but he wasn't, you know, uh, over here wondering how he could get more social media interaction with his pictures of his car right. on Instagram. Right. It's a very good point. You make a very good point with that. Yeah. It's, and I, you know, I give our generations a lot of credit for that because we really do pursue our interests and our hobbies with a lot of passion. And it sounds like, I have to say too, it sounds like you guys are doing a good job with maintaining balance too, because you know, you're talking about spending time with your kids and having a conversation with them at the table and having a date night with your wife. I think that's very, very important. And I'm over here talking about, and I'm over here talking about losing my kid out of the way. (laughs) Like, like Michael Jackson. I feel like every parent's been there though. Every parent has a story (laughs) of when one of their kids just fucking took off. Oh, and so yeah. it was like, found your kid, and you're like, thank you, I'm not a bad parent. Yeah, no. that's exactly what I was thinking when I, I'm talking to my neighbor. I'm like, uh, thank you so much. I, I, I swear to God, I'm actually a decent parent. I swear to God. No, it happens to everybody. Our youngest son went on a went on a, a trip down the uh, a couple blocks one day when we were living in court. My father-in-law, coming back from like church or the store, like just found him walking around like two blocks away and was like, Emmett, what are you doing? And he was just like, uh, he was actually looking for his grandpa who had left. So, uh, so he was like, got him in the truck, uh, got him back home. And my wife was like, where was he? <laughs> and my father was like, he was just down the street walking. And he said he was looking for me. That's amazing. Kids are crafty. They're devious, these kids. They're, they're funny, though. It's like, it's like it, it, you know, something that could scare you so bad could be for something so pure. Like, oh, I was just looking for my grandpa. Oh, it's so pure. It's so pure. That's what makes them it's like, oh, God, I love you, but son that's of a bitch. That's, yeah. what, that's what makes it so adorable. It saves them. Well, my, my kids, too, have had have instances where um, – so my wife's Mexican. I'm Caucasian. And my, my in-laws, other than – well, my father-in-law speaks English, but not, like, that well. And my mother-in-law only speaks Spanish. So there was, oh, a, wow. my, there was an instance where my kids finagled her to say yes to them going over to her friend's house house without her ever knowing what they were even talking about so when my wife got home my mother-in-law was like was like because my my, my wife speaks spanish as well my wife speaks spanish french english she's so fucking smart so awesome um so i just want i gotta gotta get that she's a million times more awesome than than i'll ever hope to be but uh (laughs) um you hear that honey no i'm I'm just playing uh but uh so so she gets home and my mother-in-law is like, like she's panicking, like, I don't know where Mikel and Caleb are, oh, blah, blah, blah. Well, then one of them comes running up and my wife's like, where have you been? And they're like, oh, well, we were at Martin's. And then the story came out of like, oh, we asked Mommy Rosa. And my, my mother-in-law was like, in Spanish, like, I have no idea what the fuck they said to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotten so used to saying yes to them. And this time it just backfired. Oh my God, that's classic. It's that's just like, classic. it's just the funniest, man. Like kids... 
I just, ah, oh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like you become an adult and then, especially then you have kids and you run into a whole new set of like problems that are a problem at the moment, but then they become this, these hilarious stories that you're telling oh, friends. So, so, absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 just think of that when it gets frustrating, what great stories you're going to have to tell. You know? <laughs> All right. So Dagan, it's been a fucking pleasure. Um, I'm so happy you came on the podcast. I know I've said this probably like eight times already. Oh, it's and, my um, I'm fangirling out, but real fast before um, we end this, uh, please tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, wherever the hell you are, uh, plug out, you know, wh- whatever you have. Oh, sure. So Instagram, um, uh, Dagan likes to draw. Okay. And Twitter, what is my Twitter handle? I don't even know what my Twitter <laughs> It's actually, it's, it, it's Dagan1970. <laughs> I, uh, so right. I, I always compile a list of, uh, I guess, social media links. So, so <laughs> I, I've, got, I've got you covered on that. Okay, yeah, Dagan 1973, that's right. And, uh, yeah, listen to uh, our, we have a little retro nerd culture podcast that I do with my brother Colin that a lot more of you know than know me called CLS Knockback. Having a good time on that. I think we're on episode 63, 64 now. Awesome Yeah, show. it's getting up there. It's getting up there. Yeah, we recorded like almost 70, 70 75 now. So, yeah, I think they're at, it's it's airing 63 went up this week i think yeah so it's been it's been a blast we've been doing that a little over a year you know it's gaining steam it's gaining some momentum it's gaining popularity so we're really thrilled about that it's it's such a passion project we both love doing it you know we we both have our own you know do other things but we all you know when we come together to do knockback it's it's been brilliant we i really love it so perfect for all of us 90s kids i think uh in pertaining to knockback or maybe Colin just posted it where he was like, so uh, whatever it did happen to that kid who got sent to hell after the crossfire match. <laughs> <laughs> and I've ever seen that. Like, Holy fuck. I remember that commercial. And that kid did oh get sent God. to hell. <laughs> I remember it. So well. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was like crossfire. <laughs> yeah. Crossfire. Wow. That's really good. I might use you on an upcoming animated series. Man, I got that's all like the random shit that sticks with my head. I could have paid attention to history or math or something that would have made me money in life, but instead I remember the Crossfire theme song. <laughs> well done, my friend. And you know what? I gotta say, to you guys, I know I couldn't uh, hang out this that long tonight. We're getting ready for my youngest communion this weekend. Oh my! Oh, awesome. so we're having like having like 40 people at the house you know my wife and i are getting ready but if you ever want to do it again and spend more time i'm happy to do it so you know i'd love time. to have you on again anytime you want to come on dig and you just let us know or we'll hit you up and see when you're available but uh yeah it's just, okay. you've been a fucking pleasure absolutely oh, awesome, dude. Thank, thank you so much for thinking of me and thanks for having me and uh you guys do a great job also really really nice really well done thank you Dagan. we appreciate that that means a lot it does thank you so much <clears throat> All right, everybody, let's take a break. Once again, that's Dagan Moriarty. Uh, we're going to take a break, then we'll go over socials again and, and hit that outro. So, uh, George? All right, everyone, be right back. And we are back. Uh, George, what a wonderful fucking episode with Dagan. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed chatting with him. A lot to relate to as on the parent level, for sure. Yeah, I just – I don't feel like we get too many parents – or too many like other parents as, as guests that are you know doing lots of like extracurricular shit like we are and so i do really enjoy picking their brains the same way like i enjoyed picking tex marquise's brain about gundams and picking nightwing's brain about mma like like i like to know how other people do it because it not only does it kind of inspire me but it gives me ideas as well to kind of make what i do to to balance that a little bit better and fine-tune yeah it definitely gives you more insight especially on the shared situation of parenthood so it was awesome it was cool it was cool finding out that you know about that whole animation process and kind of like what he did to fucking update that but yeah uh, that that was really cool i i i I liked listening to him explain all that that was really awesome uh so here we go dagan uh, you can find dagan moriarty at twitter that's uh at dagan 1973 that's d-a-g a-N, 1973. You can find him on Instagram at Dagan likes to, once again, that's D-A-G-A-N, and then the word like to draw, or likes to draw. Um, next up, please check out CLS Knockback. Uh, it, it is a wonderful uh, show. Uh, C- CLS is uh, Colin's Last Stand, uh, made by uh, ex-Kind of Funny member uh, Colin Moriarty, who uh, is an 
awesome just content creator as well and the two of them together make like a fucking solid team so please check that out they've also got a patreon if you go to patreon.com and search Collins last stand you'll be able to find it and uh, help support them there so uh yeah I- i'm really really happy with this episode it was a solid episode it's good stuff it was fucking solid okay so remember if you'd like to be part of the podcast leave us a message via the anchor app by going to the dad's beards nerds podcast homepage at anchor.fm slash dad's beards nerds and there you'll be able to leave us a, a message via the message button and uh leave a voice message oh my god this is this template i think i just got to get rid of this and the outro's got to be off the cuff <laughs> i was like oh. well this got butchered really fast yeah this this outro template is the one thing that i think that hasn't been touched in months everything else has been touched and fine-tuned and for some reason that the whole outro intro is that is the stepchild of the of, of the uh. template <laughs> but uh you can basically support us in a lot of ways at anchor.fm slash dadsbeardsnerds, whether that's donating to the podcast, leaving us a voice message. Um, but that's basically the best place to find us. Don't forget, you can find us on all podcast services across the internet, thanks to the wonderful people at Anchor distributing that everywhere. So uh, real fast, once again, uh, congratulations to Nitsov for winning Dead Cells for our indie game giveaway. Risk of Rain 2 will be our next giveaway we're going to do for the month of January, February, March, April, May. Uh, yeah, I'm an adult and I still have to go through the months like that. So uh, just uh, thank you for listening to the show and thank you for supporting the show. And, you know, I'm Anthony. And I'm George. And thank you guys once again for listening. I know Anthony just said it, but we'll catch you all in the next one. Take Later. care.